Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I have the empathetic capacity of a baby potato. The day I'm recording this is March 14th, 2021, and today is daylight savings time. It's bad, alright? I I woke up at like 8. I usually wake up at 5. It wasn't a good time, alright? One hour of sleep gone. We're going to talk about it in the sleep episode about what happens during daylight savings. But moral of the story is this thing needs to be abolished, okay? This thing is really bad. It's it's terrible. It is, it's not a good time, alright? Bad things happen. There's no reason that daylight savings need to exist. We should destroy this thing like, uh, I don't know what else we've destroyed in human history other than never, I don't know. Anyways. Daylight savings time sucks. Other than that, in some good news or some, you know, hope, uh, the day that this episode comes out, uh, about one week and two days after this episode comes out, uh, the final episode of the final season of Attack on Titan will be out uh, Sunday in one week from whenever this podcast is out. So if you haven't watched Attack on Titan, it is an anime indeed. If you have never watched an anime, go watch Attack on Titan. Watch the subbed, not the dubbed, because you don't want to be a a heretic, a piece of garbage, a a subhuman loser, as they call those that watch dubbed anime. And so, yeah, if you never watched an anime, or if you have watched an anime, but for some reason you haven't seen Attack on Titan, go watch that. I started re-watching the entire thing recently, starting at season one. Hopefully I'll be, uh, I timed it correctly so that I'll be finished when the last episode is out, and it'll be really cool. But yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's probably one of the greatest pieces of content ever created in human history. I, it's incredible absolutely amazing the story the art the everything is just it's so well done go watch it um attack on titan it's on netflix i don't know if the last season is on netflix but seasons one and two should be on netflix but other than that Crunchyroll, verve go pirate it if you need to you know do what you need to do but yeah attack on titan very good other than that uh this week as you can tell by the title, we're finally getting to personality disorders. Uh, I took a break from a lot of things yesterday. I, I did one essay for English and then decided to play video games the entire day. It was good. Except for that, I don't know how to aim with a mouse and keyboard, and Apex Legends is really hard now. Other than that, uh, today I thought I would do some other stuff since I took one day off, and that means that today... I'm also just going to make a nice episode that's already written for me, which is this personality disorder thing. And yeah, that's uh, that's what we're going to do. I don't know how long this is going to be, but the last mental disorder episode took a while. So, you know, this one's probably also not going to be the shortest of shortest. Um, So, yeah, let's get that started. Personality disorders are characterized by a way of thinking, feeling and behaving that deviates from the expectations of the culture causes distress or problems functioning, which is what a disorder is, and lasts over time. Uh, They are categorized into three clusters, with 10 of them being identified here. We will add psychopathy and differentiate it from ASPD, also known as antisocial antisocial personality disorder. And then there's also OPD. 
uh, OCPD or obsessive compulsive personality disorder, which we talked about in the last episode, uh, which was in, I put that under OCD within anxiety disorders. Um, so yeah, if you want to hear about that one, go back to that episode, uh, still available. And yeah, that's going to be the general starting of personality disorders, pre-thoughts. I did include some pre-thoughts in this one. Also, I'm going to include my little page that I use to do all of my research in the description uh, near the top up there. I also need to put a disclaimer. This is not meant for diagnosis. There's no medical things involved here. I am not a doctor. I'm simply a stupid kid that's doing research on the internet. Um, None of this is meant to be taken as anything more than entertainment purposes and educational purposes, mostly educational. Um, This is not meant to be used for diagnosing yourself or anyone else. This is meant to be a resource. And if anything on this list, uh, it seems like you believe that or you have a concern about or you have any sort of mental health concern in general, Um, listening to this episode, go consult your primary care physician or any other licensed professional in the field, uh, preferably that specializes in this. If you think you have a personality disorder, please don't go to a dermatologist. I don't think they'll be too fond of that. But, you know, yeah, your primary care physician will be able to link you to a therapist or psychiatrist as they see necessary and as um, will help you. And so if you find any concerns here, make sure you do that uh, again not meant for medical advice or medical purposes. This is for educational purposes. But yeah, all right, in this page here, in none of the other ones I did this, but in this one I included some some pre-thoughts. Uh, these disorders are often used to insult people, narcissism, sociopathy, especially, you know, we, we want to call people narcissists. We want to call people sociopaths. We want to call people psychopaths because it's an insult. Um, because, oh, look at you, you you're freaking arrogant piece of garbage, narcissistic piece of crap. Like, you know, these are things we say. Movies will do this. We see this pretty often. Uh, these personal disorders are complicated disorders that are thought-based and behavior-based. Treatment options are complicated to state in personality disorders because some people argue that they're not, quote, illnesses, end quote, nor are they, quote, curable, end quote since they're not illnesses, Um, because it might just be, again, a personality facet. It might just be a a neurological thing due to environment or genes or both that combined in a way that makes you who you are. And the fact that we're classifying it as a disorder is just saying that you're not the same as most people in society, and therefore you have a disorder, Uh, therefore you're different. This is similar to ADHD, which a lot of people will say, you know, it's not really a disorder just because you don't do as well in school as everyone else doesn't mean you're ADHD. So many people have it. I also, I don't like considering ADHD or ADD as a disorder. Anyways, uh, yeah, some people, personality disorders might not be an illness. It might not be some malfunction. It might just be a facet of some people's personalities. Uh, Yeah, these are extremely, these personality disorders are extremely complicated and often hard to discuss accurately. Risk factors are also hard because maybe it's the, it's a predetermined genetic thing or there are risk factors. Um, It it could be that it, it simply is your genes like you don't have an option and it could be that it is uh, your environment it could be that it is 50 50 i i don't know uh it yeah your environment could affect your gene expression who knows but yeah also although there these 
three clusters are mentioned that we're going to go over here. Disorders like DID or dissociative identity disorder, I couldn't find a specific cluster for, but it does seem to be in the DSM-5. A lot of the symptoms that I list here for diagnostic uh, criteria came from both the DSM-5 and the ICD-10 and ICD-11, which is uh, which is the international criteria of diagnostics uh, rather than the uh, American national uh, diagnostic s s standard manual. I don't remember what DSM stands for. Um, but yeah, so first the general criteria for PD uh, or personality disorders. Um, PD in all of these is going to be personality disorders uh, or personality disorder. A lot of them are uh, abbreviated. Um, but yeah, so you must meet these criteria before being diagnosed with any personality disorders. Uh, an enduring pattern of inner experience and behavior that deviates markedly from the expectation of the individual's culture. Uh, the pattern, this pattern is manifested in at least two of the following areas. Cognition, which is ways of perceiving and interpreting the self. Uh, affectivity which is range, intensity, lability, and appropriateness of emotional response, interpersonal functioning, and impulse control. The enduring pattern is inflexible and pervasive across a broad range of personal and social situa situations. The enduring pattern leads to clinically significant distress or impairment. The pattern is stable and of long duration, and its onset can be traced back to at least one adolescent or early adulthood can be traced back to adolescence or early adulthood. Uh, the enduring pattern is not better explained as a manifestation or consequence of another mental disorder. Um, so if you have bipolar or something and you are acting in similar ways to this, then that might be a cause of the bipolar rather than being a personality disorder. Um, and finally, the enduring pattern is not attributable to the physiological effects of a substance or another medical condition. So if you're either on drugs or uh, alcohol or any substances like that and you're acting this way, or if you have a different like physical medical condition that will cause you to act in a certain way, um, I think, uh, yeah. I think other medical conditions, like for example, for cluster A personality disorders, autism, uh, on the autism spectrum, uh, a lot of people on the autism spectrum will exhibit characteristics like cluster A things, um, or maybe cluster B because their empathy might not all, all be there either. Um, but yeah, let's start with these clusters. So cluster A, cluster B, and cluster C. This is what they are. So cluster A personality disorders, about 3.6% of the population have cluster A personality disorders. Cluster A personality disorders are characterized by odd, eccentric thinking or behaviors. They are schizotypal personality disorders. Uh, that means people who keep distance from others, are uncomfortable with others, and often exhibit odd speech or behavior with a limited or flat range of emotions. These include acute discomfort in close relationships, cognitive or perceptual distortions, and eccentricities in behavior. Although the illnesses are associated with schizophrenia, people with cluster A often have a greater grasp of reality than those with schizophrenia. Um, these disorders are hard to treat due to the lack of trust those suffering from cluster A disorders tend to have uh, with their contemporaries and peers. So if you have a cluster A personality disorder, your chance that you're going to trust your doctor is not high, and your chance that you're going to trust people that would you know, consist of your support system is also not high. So it's tough to help these people out. Um, uh, the neurochemistry and the brain areas, uh, 
I'm going to let you guys go ahead and read those uh, if you want to. I don't yet have them like, I don't yet have what each brain area does researched out yet. That's going to take a long, long time to do whenever I start doing that, probably longer than sleep. And we all know how long that's taking. Um, yeah, so the first one we have here is Paranoid Personality Disorder or PPD, haha, <laughs> PP. Uh, it's characterized by a pattern of being suspicious of others and seeing them as me as means or as being spiteful. Uh, those with PPD often assume people will harm or deceive them and don't confide in others. Symptoms for diagnosis include sus- suspects of suspects others without sufficient basis that others are exploiting, harming, or deceiving them. Preoccupation with unjustified doubts about the loyalty or trustworthiness of friends or associates. Reluctance to confide and others due to an unwarranted fear that the information will be maliciously used against them reads hidden demeaning or threat goodness gracious reads hidden demeaning or threatening meanings in benign remarks or events so they see things that aren't there like in the sense of like someone's after them when they aren't they're just asking how you're doing uh persistently bears grudges perceives attacks on their character or reputation that are not apparent to others and is prone to react angrily has recurrent suspicions white without uh, justification of significant others um yeah i'm looking at this and some of my effing spelling here i, I wrote white out instead of without uh, <laughs> uh self-aggrandizing behavior and a tenacious sense of self-righteousness uh, in terms of treatment for this it's going to be psychotherapy uh, antidepressants antipsychotics possibly or anti-anxiety medications um yeah that's ppd baby uh yeah so it seems like this episode is also going to be a, a lengthy one so i'm just going to start hitting through these uh, next is schiz- schizoid personality disorder uh, which is spd uh, spd is characterized by a detachment from social relationships and expression of little emotion those with spd typically typically don't seek close relationships and choose to be alone and seems not to care about the thoughts or opinions of others in regard to themselves symptoms for diagnosis include Uh, Neither desires nor enjoys close relationships, including familial relationships, almost always chooses solitary activity, has little if any interest in having intimate experiences with another person, um, takes pleasure in few if any activities, Uh, this is anhedonia. Uh, lacks close friends or confidence aside from first-degree relatives, shows emotional coldness, detachment, or flattened affectivity, excessive preoccupation with fantasy and introspection, marked insensitivity to prevailing social norms and conventions. Um, And just to, by the way, as we go through all of this, you're obviously 100% going to hit some bullet points in like all of these. We're all humans. We all have some facets about us, especially ones that pop up every now and then. Like at one point in my life, I had an excessive preoccupation with fantasy and introspection. At no point in my life would I say I had schizoid personality disorder. So again, don't go diagnosing yourself. You're not going to be doing it correctly. If you have a concern, go talk to a doctor. But Uh, Just because you like to do solitary things rather than talk with people every waking hour of your life doesn't mean you have schizoid personality disorder, all right? So, yeah. Treatment for this one is going to be psychotherapy and possibly medication. Um, The next and I believe last... Cluster A personality disorder here is schizotypal personality disorder, which is STPD. 
Um, SDPD is characterized by a pattern of being very uncomfortable in close relationships, having distorted thinking and eccentric behavior. People with SDPD have odd beliefs or odd peculiar behavior, speech, or may have social anxiety. Symptoms for diagnosis of SDPD include uh, ideas of reference, thinking of mere coincidences and other innocuous events to be more important or conspiratorial than they actually are, a strange beliefs or magical thinking similar to ideas ideas of reference uh, that influence behavior and is inconsistent with subcultural norms, abnormal perceptual experiences, including bodily illusions, strange thinking in speech, uh, for example, vague, over-elaborate over or circumstantial um, it's like speech or thinking, suspicious or paranoid ideation, which is just paranoid thoughts, inappropriate or constricted effect, uh, affect, a strange behavior or appearance, and lack of close friends, excessive social anxiety that does not diminish with familiarity and tends to be associated with paranoid fears rather than negative judgment. Uh, treatment for this one is going to be psychotherapy and medication. Also, I wanted to find affect. It's not affect, it's affect, and I don't remember what it exactly means, but it means something. Does Google not want to load? Good God, Wi-Fi. All right, um... Affect in psychology refers to the underlying experience of feeling, emotion, or mood. So having an effect on, making a difference to, uh, touch the feelings of someone, or move emotionally. Yeah, that's affect. All right, there we go, baby. Uh, so risk factors for cluster A personality disorders are going to include genetics and family history of mental illness, as well as childhood trauma. Um, these disorders are very similar to each other, uh, hence their cluster group. These people are hard to treat due to the paranoia and avoidance of human interaction. Although psychotherapy was listed as a treatment, it's extremely challenging to help these people because you can't help someone that doesn't want help, and these people are skeptical of people trying to help them. So it's tough. So I'm going to go straight to cluster C personality disorders, DID, and then I'll come back to cluster B because cluster B is the longest list. So cluster C personality disorders are um, personality disorders that are characterized by anxious f or fearful or avoidant thinking or behavior. So this is going to be 2.7% of the population will have a cluster C personality disorder. So this is uh, first avoidant personality disorder or AVPD. Uh, AVPD is characterized by a pattern of extreme shyness, feelings of inadequacy, and extreme sensitivity to criticism. People with AVPD may be unwilling to get involved with people unless they are certain of being liked, be preoccupied with being criticized, um, are preoccupied. Goodness gracious, I did not do any editing. I wonder how many like literary mistakes are written in my sleep thing. Uh, they're preoccupied with being criticized or rejected or may view themselves as not being good enough or socially inept. The symptoms for diagnosis include avoidance of occupational activities that involve significant interpersonal contact due to fear of criticism, disapproval, or rejection, unwillingness to get involved with people unless certain of being liked, shows restraint with intimate relationships because of the fear of being shamed or ridiculed, preoccupation with being criticized or rejected in social situations, 
inhibited in new interpersonal relationships due to feelings of inadequacy, views self as socially inept, personally unappealing or inferior to others, usually reluctant to take personal risks or to engage in any new activities because they may may prove embarrassing, low self-esteem, socially inept, unrealistic standards for behavior related to pursuing goals, taking personal risks, engaging in new activities involving interpersonal contact, distorted inference of others perspective as negative uh, meaning they think that other people see them as garbage and hedonia and intimacy avoidance these people are afraid of rejection and have a lot of anxiety related to social situations they are afraid and avoidant of relationships due to fear of rejection Um, i know this sounds like a normal high school teenager to you but uh, <laughs> again, that's why we don't diagnose people or diagnose ourselves. Everyone, uh, many people are really insecure. Many people are, um, they think that everyone's looking at them weird when they make a mistake that everyone thinks everyone cares. Um, but uh, these personality disorders are extreme, like cripple, they're crippling to how you act in society and how you act in your life. And so that's the difference between the normal high school teenager and someone with avoidant personality disorder. Um And treatment for this is going to be social skill training, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, or group therapy. The next cluster B or cluster C personality disorder uh, is is the last one here. There's only two. Uh, They're literally just opposites of each other. So this one is dependent personality disorder, or DPD. DPD is characterized by a pattern of needing to be taken care of and submissive and clingy behavior. People with DPD often have difficulty making daily decisions without reassurance from others or may feel uncomfortable or helpless when alone because of fear of inability to take care of themselves. The symptoms for diagnosis include difficulty making everyday decisions without an excessive amount of advice and reassurance from others, needs others to assume responsibility for most major areas of his or her life, Uh, difficulty expressing disagreement with others because of fear of loss of support or approval, difficulty initiating projects or doing things on his or her own due to a lack of self-confidence in judgment or ability rather than a lack of motivation or energy, goes to excessive lengths to obtain nurturance and support from others to the point of volunteering to do things that are unpleasant, feeling uncomfortable or helpless when alone because of exaggerated fears of being unable to care for themselves, urgently seeks another relationship as a source of care and support when a close relationship ends, unrealistically preoccupied with fears of being left to take care of themselves, unwillingness to make even reasonable demands on the people one depends on, and these people are highly clingy and attached to people in relationships. They are, in the truest sense, codependent with other people. A treatment for this one is going to be psychotherapy or possibly medication. Uh, the risk factors for cluster C personality disorders include chi- genetic predispositions or childhood traumas or abuse. Um, uh, other thoughts, so cluster C, obsessive compulsive personality disorder is a cluster, cluster C personality disorder. Again, we talked about that in the first uh, mental disorder episode, uh, so I didn't discuss OCPD here, but it is a cluster C personality disorder. Um, yeah, these disorders are similarly to the cluster B personality disorders, ego-related disorders, uh, cluster C disorders are. Uh, they do, however, seem more treatable than many of the other disorders listed here. These, yeah, so cluster C personality disorders are more like you can work on those with, you know, understanding, uh, kind of just 
getting a perspective about other people and, and learning and the therapy stuff can help a lot more if you have a cluster C personality disorder. Um, next, I'm going to go to dissociative, dissociative disorders. So this isn't uh, listed in cluster A, B, or C from what I could have found, what I could find, but they are in like the DSM-5. So dissociative disorders are characterized by problems with memory, identity, emotion, perception, behavior, and sense of self. Uh, for example, experiences of detachment or feeling as if one is outside of their body, loss of memory or amnesia. Dissociative disorders are often associated with previous traumas. Dissociation is a disconnection between one's thoughts, memories, feelings, actions, or sense of self. Will often be done. Uh, will often be done by people in trauma, uh, in order to help them tolerate the event, or people that have gone through trauma. Um, done will often be done people we done will often be found in goodness gracious you know sometimes i read the things i write and i wonder what the frick i'm doing with my life i i'm i'm not sure if you guys know this but a lot of authors they don't produce like good work initially editors find the gold in the writing and they fix the writing uh the first draft is never good uh well i mean some authors i'm sure probably produce something really good i'm i'm maybe i'm using that as an excuse who knows so yeah, this doesn't really, it could happen after, but it's often going to happen or yeah, it's often going to happen when someone is currently going through the drama and they'll have a dissociative identity disorder um, or a dissociative disorder. Sorry. Um, so yeah, the first one here is dissociative identity disorder, which is DID. Uh, otherwise, it used to be known as multiple personality disorder or more commonly people will call it multiple personality disorder. So according to the DSM-5, the following are the following are criteria for DID. A disrupt, disruption of identity characterized by two or more distinct personality states. This is sometimes called possession. Uh, the disruption and characterize this the disrupt the disruption is characterized by a discontinuity in sense of self and sense of agency, accompanied by related alterations in affect, behavior, consciousness, or conscientiousness. Oh wait, it is consciousness. Yeah, consciousness, a memory, perce memory perception, cognition, and or sensory motor functioning. These personalities have their own memories, preferences, and behavior patterns. Recurrent gaps in the recall of everyday events, important personal information, and or traumatic events that are inconsistent with ordinary forgetting. Symptoms cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. The disturbance is not a part of a broadly accepted cultural or religious practice. The symptoms are not are not attributable to the psychological effects of a substance or another medical condition, so no drugs. Uh, other symptoms that may be present during DID but are not required for a diagnosis in the DSM-5 include the following. Um, hearing a child's voice when no one is visible. Speech insertion, which is saying things you don't remember or don't intend to say. Um, thought insertion, thought, uh, strong thoughts that seem to come out of nowhere, uh, and don't feel like your own, um, thought withdrawal, feeling as if your thoughts have suddenly been taken away, internal conversations, hearing voices arguing in one's mind, uh, hearing voices that are threatening, harsh, or telling you to partake in destructive acts, intrusive feelings or emotions, unexpected surges of feelings that are puzzling, Temporary loss of well-rehearsed knowledge or skills, like such as forgetting where you live, how to do your job, driving, uh, so amnesia. Uh, Self-alteration, which are sudden inexplicable feelings that one's body's 
body, thoughts, or urges belong to someone else or aren't yours. Self-puzzlement, which is not understanding why you feel and behave as you do. Uh, DID is a disorder we may observe in movies or hear about. However, it is a real thing that often occurs due to trauma during early childhood that is dealt with by the child um, with denial or dissociation. Uh, so yeah, using denial or dissociation, causing the formation of at least one extra personality. Personal people suffering from DID will often suffer from recurrent lapses in memory. Sometimes a person can be aware of their actions. Uh, this is called co-consciousness. Or remember some of what happened after the fact. Other people may completely uh, be unaware of the fact that they have alternate personalities. Um, but yeah, DID is also related to post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, treatment for DID uh, includes psychotherapy. Um, so the next ones are shorter. Uh, so first we have dissociative amnesia. So dissociative amnesia is characterized by the inability to recall information about oneself that cannot be attributed to normal forgetting. Dissociative amnesia is often related to a traumatic or stressful event and may manifest in three ways. Localized, which is the inability to remember an event or period of time. This is the most common. Uh, selective, which is the inability to remember a specific aspect of an event or some events within a period of time. And then generalized, which is complete loss of identity and life history. This is rare, but this is going to be your amnesia, like completely forgetting who the F you are. Treatment for this, also psychotherapy. Treatment for all of these is psychotherapy. Um, the last one here is depersonalization or derealization de disorder, DDD. Uh, DDD is characterized by significant ongoing or recurring experience of one or both of the following conditions. Depersonalization, which is, involves experiences of unreality or detachment from one's mind, body, or sense of self. These people may feel as if they are outside of their bodies and watching things happen to them like a movie. Um, then there's derealization, which involves experiences of unreality or detachment from one's surroundings. People may feel as if things and the people in the world around them are not real. During these altered experiences, the person is aware of reality and that their experience is unusual. And even if distressed, the person may appear to be unreactive or lacking in emotion. Once again, treatment and psychotherapy. So risk factors for dissociative disorders include traumatic events, usually during childhood development uh, or childhood trauma, especially neglect and or abuse. Other thoughts here is dissociative disorders are portrayed in the media sometimes, and like other mental disorders uh, that are highly uh, affectious, such as psychotic disorders and other personality disorders, the portrayal is rarely accurate to the real-life experiences of people. These are disorders and illnesses that cause serious distress and problems for the people that suffer from them, and often the people around them. Alright, so finally, we're going to be hitting Cluster C personality disorders. Yeah, um, I'm also going to play with the order uh, that I have it listed here. So the reason that you can see that this is its own episode is that this is going to be its own 40-minute episode. And uh, yeah, that's good. I'm going to have so many effing times to list at the bottom here. Good God. Um, all right, Cluster B personality disorders. This is going to be 1.5% of the population. I think this is the smallest amount. How many dissociative disorders? Did I have a number there? I didn't have a number there. Um, I, I don't know how many people have dissociative disorders. Uh, 
yeah, cluster B dissociative disorders might be the smallest, but cluster B personality disorders, which is going to be 1.5% of the population. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, or unpredictable thinking or behavior. These people often have poor emotional regulation, are impulsive, and are involved in frequent interpersonal conflicts. Those with cluster B personality disorders usually lack empathy and are uh, and are <laughs> and are have egocentrism. Uh, and have egocentrism, and egocentrism is the inability to differentiate between the self and others, uh, or accurately infer others' views, so you quite literally kind of think that you're like the only thing. You are, quote, the center of the universe, unquote. That's egocentrism, which is different than like egotistical, uh, meaning that you just think you're better than everyone. Egocentrism is thinking that you're the only thing that is a thing, um, Kind of. That's not a great explanation because that would consider dissociative disorders, wouldn't it? Anyways, I'm going to start here with borderline personality disorder. So BPD, we've probably heard of this one. Borderline personality disorder or BPD is characterized by instability in personal relationships, intense emotions, poor self-image, and impulsivity. This is going to relate to avoidant personality disorder probably. Uh, you guys can probably draw the line but uh, or draw the connection. Anyways, a person with BPD may go to great lengths to avoid abandonment, have repeated suicide attempts, display inappropriate intense anger, or have ongoing feelings of emptiness. The symptoms for diagnosis include markedly impoverished, poorly developed, or unstable self-image, a lot of self-criticism, chronic feelings of emptiness, dissociative states under stress, instable goals, aspirations, values, or career plans, compromised ability to recognize the feelings and needs of others uh, or dysfunctional empathy, uh, unstable and conflicted close relationships, mistrust, neediness, anxious preoccupation with real or imagined abandonment, unstable emotional experiences and frequent mood changes, intense emotions out of proportion to events and circumstances, intense feelings of anxiety, usually in reaction uh, to interpersonal stresses, uh, and fears of losing control, especially in social situations, uh, fears of rejection and or separation from significant others, associated with fears of excessive dependency and complete loss of autonomy, frequent feelings of being down, miserable, hopeless, and other depressive symptoms, impulsive behavior, engagement in risky, potentially self-damaging behaviors, persistent hostility and anger, especially in response to minor slights. People with BPD have a challenge with relationships, and the people that have interpersonal relationships with BPD need a lot of patience to carry a long-term relationship with, People with BPD, these people have a high fear of being abandoned in relationships and their egocentric behavior isn't arrogant, rather it's an extreme dislike of the self. The lack of empathy shows greatly in their inability to understand someone when they are told that they won't be abandoned. So oftentimes we think of egotism or egotistical or narcissistic as this sort of behavior that's like, oh, I'm better than you, or I'm better than everyone, or I'm the greatest thing ever. However, it is just as narcissistic to think that you're worse than everyone, as it is to think that you're better than everyone. So bipolar personality disorder shows a lack of empathy. And rather than being a jerk, well, actually, you, you might be a jerk, rather than uh, thinking you're great, you think you suck, you think you're horrible, you think you're disgusting. And that's just as egotistical as some as the other ones that we're going to mention here. Where's narcissistic personality disorder? That's at the bottom, isn't it? I think a lot of these have narcissistic traits. And so that's why 
I have this, yeah, I have narcissistic last, um, which we won't be covering last, we'll be covering third, and then we'll be covering the two more. Anyways, the next one is histrionic personality disorder, HPD. This is the one I learned about, and I never knew about this one. I knew about, actually, I didn't know about a lot of these personality disorders. I learned the most in the personality disorder section here. Um, HPD is characterized by excessive emotion and, int and attention seeking. People with HPD may be uncomfortable when they are not the center of attention. They may use physical appearance to draw attention to themselves or have rapidly shifting or exaggerated emotions. The symptoms for diagnosis include uncomfortable in situations where the person is not the center of attention, self-dramatized and exaggerated expression of of motion, of emotion, rapidly shifting and shallow expression of emotions, consistently uses physical appearance to draw attention to self, has a style of speech that is excessively impressionistic and lacking in detail. Interaction with others is often characterized by inappropriate, is seductive or provocative behavior, egocentricity, so the egocentrism, egocentrism, thinking that you're like the only being, uh, lack of consideration for others, sensitivity, uh, continuous seeking for appreciation, excitement, and attention, suggestible, meaning easily influenced by others or circumstances. Um, this disorder comes with a lot of attention-seeking behavior. Uh, so think about a high school drama queen taken to 11 on the 1 to 10 scale. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think that's like the most joke thing I have in this entire effing little wiki page that I made. Um, so treatment for this one is going to be functional analytic psychotherapy. I've never heard of that in my life. I don't know what that is, but that's the treatment. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you know someone diagnosed with the thing, uh, or not that you are diagnosing, but one that has been diagnosed already, there you go. Functional analytic psychotherapy. You can Google it and give them a, an address of where to go. Anyways, the next thing we got here is narcissistic personality disorder. So narcissism is not just a word used to describe people that think they're better than you. Uh, narcissistic personality disorder is a disorder. It is a personality disorder, NPD. So uh, NPD is characterized by a need for admiration and lack of empathy for others. A person with NPD often have gr a grandiose sense of self and self-importance, a sense of entitlement, take advantage of others, and lack empathy. One must exhibit at least three of the following symptoms not caused by schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or substances for a diagnosis. Um, so yeah, someone who's drunk might exhibit narcissistic tendencies which I'm sure people have seen in movies and have maybe seen in real life, depending on your life experiences. Anyways, at least three of the following. Uh, excessive reference to others for self-definition and self-esteem regulation. Exaggerated self-appraisal may be inflated or deflated uh, or vacillate between extremes. Emotional regulations mirror these fluctuations in self-esteem. Goal setting is based on gaining approval from others. Personal standards are unreasonably high in order to see oneself as exceptional or too low based on a sense of entitlement often unaware of own motivations, uh, a lack of empathy, unless it has to do with themselves, in which they're excessively attuned to the reaction of others, or they underestimate their own effect on others. Um, relationships are largely superficial and exist to serve self-esteem regulation, little genuine interest in others' experiences, and predominance of a need for personal gain. Feelings of entitlement can be overt or covert, firmly holding to the belief that one is better than others, often condescending towards others, uh, excessive attempts to attract 
and be the focus of the attention of others admiration seeking symptoms are relatively stable over time npd and narcissism is another highly used word in the media and to describe arrogant people arrogance and npd quite often actually stem from a deep rooted insecurity of oneself someone believes they're not enough and they build an image of themselves that they're better than everyone else we can see this in the symptoms and how those with npd live their lives by the opinions of other people treatment for npd would be psychotherapy and so going over the risk factors for cluster b personality disorders before we finish is going to be genetic predispositions traumatic events and strange behaviors during childhood such as harming animals and the next two are going to be the ones people like to talk about the most uh antisocial personality disorders or personality disorder and psychopathy all right we're going to start with antisocial personality disorder or aspd or sociopathy um one thing i want to mention here i probably should have mentioned this at the beginning uh, one thing I mentioned is, as you probably, like I said at the beginning, uh, when we were going over skits, uh, cluster A personality disorder, uh, personality disorders, uh, a lot of these, as you, as we go over this entire list, or as we have gone over this entire list, you have thought, oh, I have symptoms of that. I have some of the criteria and some of the bullet points required to be diagnosed for that. Again, don't diagnose yourself or anyone else. However, we have to understand that personality disorders are not categorical. They're spectral. What that means is that uh, there's a spectrum. Some pe- It's not that you aren't uh, a psychopath or are a psychopath. There's, it's a scale. It, there's 0 to 100, and some people are at 20, some people are at 30, some people are at 40, some people are at 50, some people are at 80. Some people are full-blown diagnosable psychopaths. And so we have to understand that. So, you know, not, it's not that you don't have any of these. Sure, maybe most of you won't be diagnosed with any of these if you went to uh, a, psych- a psychiatrist, I'm assuming at least. However, uh, we all have uh, our own things. We all have our own facets, as I've been saying. We all have our own things. We all have our own personalities. And we all have been through different things in life. And some of those things have made us who we are. Some people are a, a less uh, emotional, not emotional. Some people are less empathetic. At the top, you know, I, my empathy, for example, when I go over antisocial personality disorder and psychopathy, I actually hit a lot of the symptoms and criteria for diagnostics. However, I also don't hit some of the important ones. So I couldn't be diagnosed probably. Um, and so uh, I'm higher on those scales. Am I a psychopath? Am I a sociopath? No. Do people tend to call me that sometimes with like their general, I watched a movie once understanding? Yes. But we have to understand and be aware that uh, it's not a it's not a binary. It's not yes or no. It's not are or aren't. It's a scale. And we're all on different, you know, we all have a different level on each of these scales. Um we all have, may, not all, but a lot of people have some sort of avoidance in their personality or avoidant personality disorder. Like I said, high school teenagers will probably rate higher on the spectrum for avoidant personality disorder. High school teenagers that are insecure about themselves will probably rate higher than uh, on the bipolar personality disorder. That doesn't mean they have it. But we need to understand like this is a spectrum. We can't go around calling people psychopaths or sociopaths or narcissists because they might be higher on the scale for sure. They might be more than you but they aren't diagnosable per se that's why i mean mental disorders uh, personality disorders especially they're just really really hard um 
anyways, with that, we're going to head on, hit these two, and cut off this episode, anti, which is going to be about an hour, it seems, because these two are long. All right, so anti-personal, antisocial personality disorder, or ASPD, this is also known as sociopathy uh, to a lot of people. Uh, for this one, uh, ASPD is characterized by a disregard or violation of the rights of others. A person with ASPD may not conform to social norms, may repeatedly lie or deceive others, or may act impulsive, impulsively. The symptoms for diagnosis of ASPD include egocentric self-esteem driven by power or pleasure, callousness, a pattern of disregard of others and their rights, deceitfulness, a repeated lying, use of aliases or conning others for pleasure for personal profit, manipulation, charming, seductions, glibness to achieve their own goals, lack of remorse, being indifferent to having hurt, mistreated, or stolen from another person, lack of guilt, a failure to conform to social norms concerning lawful behaviors, impulsivity to failure or pain, um, irritability and aggressiveness, uh, low tolerance to frustration and prone to discharge aggression, uh, physical flights, physical fights or assaults, reckless disregard for the safety of oneself or others, constant, my voice is dying, <clears throat> consistent irresponsibility, failure to sustain consistent work behavior, and risk-taking behavior. Uh, those are the symptoms. Uh, also, I don't. I I have to look into the research of the brain areas of these people. There are some theories that people with um, psychopathy or some of them with ASPD or like high functioning antisocial personality disorder, they're generally smarter people. And so, I mean, you kind of have to be. Manipulation isn't the easiest thing in the world. Learning how to talk is challenging for some people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen some very loose things and loose, non-reputable sources say like, you know, some areas of the brain that are involved in cognition, thought, and uh, intelligence, quote-unquote, is um, more active than those emotional areas, and those are less active, and just they're not as uh, big or neurologically there for psychopaths or sociopaths, so... I don't know about that, but that's something I'll look into and maybe one day we'll get back to because this, this is stuff I've looked into so much since so many people called me, called me these things. Uh, anyway, sociopathy along with the following disorder, psychopathy, are thrown around often in today's world with people calling each other sociopaths. We forget that sociopathy is a scale. Oh, I mentioned this. It's not binary. Some people exhibit more symptoms than others to differing extents. Sociopaths are also not simply monsters. High-functioning sociopaths are often some, uh, are some, what the frick, are often very contributive to hum humanity. Um, many are surgeons, for example. They exhibit high levels of sociology. Yeah, surgeons, CEOs, lawyers, you probably heard it. The people that are most successful in those fields are often like they exhibit higher levels of sociopathy or psychopathy. For example, a lot of good psychiatrists, they actually rate higher on sociopathy um, because you need a little bit of you need a lack. <laughs> you need a lack. That's uh, that's oxymoronic. You need a sort of lack of empathy when you're watching someone have a mental breakdown so that as a doctor, as a psychiatrist or a therapist, you can help the person having a mental breakdown instead of watch them have a mental breakdown and then have one next to that person. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of a little lack of empathy is kind of important in some jobs. Um, so quote, treatment end quote for sociopathy is extremely difficult. Some people may argue that sociopathy isn't an illness, it's rather a mutation. Uh, I believe that it is how those with ASPD grow up 
and what they see in their development that will shape whether they go into prison or contribute to society. Uh, I stress the importance to understand that not all sociopaths or psychopaths are extremely horrible people. Although, as cluster B personality disorders state, they may have trouble with relationships. Uh, many are able to live pretty normal lives. I actually, I don't think that the majority of them go to prison. I think the minority of them go to prison. Um, for treatment, again, considered one of the most difficult personality disorders to treat. Uh, it's hard to call this an illness or just or a malfunction. It may just be a genetic mutation, but therapy kind of is probably the most treatment thing I can give here. Next is psychopathy. So this is actually a little strange, but psychopathy isn't acknowledged by either the DSM-5 or the ICD-10, meaning it is not a clinically diagnosable mental disorder. However, some psychologists and psychiatrists do acknowledge a difference between psychopathy and sociopathy. The most popular and commonly used resource for discussing psychopathy is the Psychopathy Checklist Revised, or the PCLR. Uh, it is broken down into two factors, each with two facets. So psychopathy, maybe you can be diagnosed with it. I, I said not clinically diagnosable, but if you go to a psychiatrist, maybe they can. But it's not in the DSM-5 from what I found, and it's not in the ICD-10 either from what I found. So uh, it, it actually technically isn't a cluster B personality disorder, I guess. But it's so similar to sociopathy that, yes, it, it would be if it was in there. Uh, at least it seems so. And so, yeah, first we have factor one, which is psychopathy. That's the name of factor one. And this one has facet one, which is interpersonal or affective. And this is characterized by superficial charm, grandiose sense of self and manipulation. And then facet two, which is affective, which is a lack of remorse, shallow affect, lack of empathy, callousness, failure to accept responsibility. So that's going to be facet one of psychopathy. So the way that this would work is it's a checklist. Uh, you get a score on this checklist and you need to hit a certain score in order to like for the psychiatrist or psychiatrist to say, oh, you're, you know, die. we can call you a psych psychopath or we can't. Um, so yeah, fa factor two is called social deviance or uh, yeah, factor two, social deviance. Um, I need to relax my voice a lot more. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound a lot deeper because if I keep constraining my voice to bring it up, it's not gonna go well. Um, factor two is social deviance, uh, and this is facet three, which is lifestyle, uh, which is a need for stimulation, a parasitic lifestyle, lack of realistic long-term goals, impulsivity, irresponsibility. And then facet four is antisocial behavior. So this is poor behavioral controls early behavioral problems, juvenile delinquency, re-revocation of conditional release, and criminal versatility. Um, off of the yellow writing, which I wrote here, because if you go look at the link in the description, uh, you're going to see that it's in yellow, the symptoms. Anyways, off of the yellow writing, because we need to elaborate a lot on the specific understandings of psychopathy, sociopathy, and ACPD. ACPD is antisocial personality disorder, and sociopathy is a word that is often used to describe someone with ACPD. Um, it's actually... A factor two or like facet four can also be called sociopathy um, or will often be called sociopathy. Um, and so, yeah, uh, psychopathy is used to describe someone that in America with the PCLR or the psychopathy checklist revised has a score greater than or equal to 30 um, when you're evaluated by a, a psychiatrist. So 
in European countries or in other European countries, I, I think their score, their like threshold is a little bit higher than 30. Um, or maybe it's lower than 30. I don't know. Maybe people in America are just more prone to being psychopathic. And so we had to raise the number. I don't remember. But yeah, in America, you need to hit a score of 30. Uh, with the two factor model of psychopathy, those that are diagnosed with ACPD usually hit more of the symptoms for factor two facet four, which makes sense since facet four is antisocial behavior. Um, sometimes factor two will be called sociopathy, while factor one is associated more with psychopathy. Those that score a 30 or above on the PCLR are 11 times more likely to be diagnosed with ASPD, but only 7% of people diagnosed with ACPD meet the criteria for psychopathy. If you look into the difference between psychopathy and sociopathy, a lot of things come up. Some people say that sociopathy is environmentally caused and psychopathy is genetically caused. I don't believe that. Some people say that psychopaths are colder than sociopaths and smarter than sociopaths, meaning they're able to replicate people's emotions more. Some people say that psychopaths are calmer than sociopaths and have less anxiety and stress than sociopaths. Some people say that psychopathy is simply a more severe sociopathy. I, you know, I, I'm not like there was I couldn't find any good consensus. Uh, one understanding of both psychopathy and sociopathy that I want to clear is that no one with ASPD or psychopathy doesn't feel emotion. Those areas of the brain don't simply not exist in psychopaths or sociopaths. They still feel joy, anger, surprise, disgust, etc. Disorders where emotions are less present are the schizotypal disorders of cluster A. But cluster B, they still feel emotions. I mean, psychopaths and sociopaths will still feel anger. They'll still feel everything you'll feel. They might be less feeling those things. And some, and oftentimes people with ASPD will have bipolar personality disorder or not bipolar personality disorder. They'll have bipolar disorder or they'll have depression or something else. It's not too rare that those are co comorbidities. Um, but yeah, treatment for psychopathy, similar to sociopathy, is really hard. Uh, therapy, kind of, you know, big kind of there. But yeah, that is all of the personality disorders that I uh, have here. Uh, 56 minutes, yeah, this is going to be nearly a one-hour episode. So yeah, once again, at the end of this, you... If you have any concerns with anything stated here, go talk to your doctor or a licensed professional. Other than that, yeah, uh, you, you got to see that my most natural and relaxed voice is this rather than <clears throat> when I talk like this and uh, it strains me a little bit. Uh, so yeah, my, my voice is actually a lot deeper than I often uh, give it out as because I talk slower and I talk a lot more monotone the deeper it gets. But yeah, this is uh, how I sound. Very raspy, but this is relaxed, and this makes my throat not feel like crap. So maybe I should do this more. Who knows? I don't know. If you know me, then message me and say, hey, I want to hear more of just the the pure, pure voice of gravel and uh, Mariana. Tra I don't know what else is deep. I don't freak. God, I don't, I, you know, I'm having problems here. Um, but yeah. Those are personality disorders. Very interesting. Very cool. Uh, yeah, again, it's a spectrum. Uh, if you want to get a psychoval, go for it. If you have the money and the means, why not? Then you can go around. 
uh, saying whatever, diagnosing with diagnostics with this stuff is really hard. So yeah, that's personality disorders. And that's about it. I don't know what else I got to give to you. This is a really long one. This is why I split into two. Uh, Similar to sleep, I think I'm going to split sleep into two episodes. I think I'm going to have one episode that's going to be probably longer where we just talk about circadian rhythm. What is sleep? What happens if you don't sleep? Uh, What happens if you sleep at the wrong time? How to sleep better? And then I'll have another probably shorter episode where we just talk about the neurological side of sleep. So that's going to be the neurotransmitter areas and the brain waves involved, which is a more niche. And I'm just going to assume that episodes are going to get less views. Hopefully this one does well. Uh, Personality disorders, I think, are pretty interesting. So yeah, but that's all for this episode of Seriously Funny. Thank you for listening. Um... Please go hit that subscribe. Researching this stuff takes a while. It took me like three, four days for personality disorders and mental disorders overall, uh, which compared to sleep is short, but I also did this over winter break rather than during school. So that's probably a reason. Um, That's all we got here. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed and I will see you next week. Peace.